Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're choosing to listen. I'm Jennifer Vanderslice, and this is I Saw the Beatles. We have an incredibly wonderful guest this morning. Um, his name is Don Daneman, and he's the lead singer of The Circle, a band that toured with the Beatles in 1966 and opened for them 14 times that August. Um, they had a hit song. You may remember. If you don't, look it up on YouTube, and you'll You'll be taken back. It was called Red Rubber Ball. Good morning, Don. How are you? I'm good, Jennifer. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful to be talking to you this morning. Um, So let's get right into it because we've only got 15 minutes and I've got a really big list of questions. So you and your friends started a band in 1965, was it? Well, the band actually started in 1961 at Lafayette College, where a couple of freshmen basically got together and and formed a band. And we were called at the time the Rondells, and we were uh, we became over the four years that I was at Lafayette, we were the fraternity band to get. And you know, it, and we learned. You know, all of the current stuff of the day, we did really good. When the Beatles came out, we did really good Beatles stuff, we Beach Boy stuff, Four Seasons stuff, all the old doo-wop stuff. We were a good, really good fraternity band. Do you have any film of that? Did anyone ever film you? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. There, you know, there are probably some pictures. Well, of course, we did have uh, publicity pictures. We have a couple of pictures, like one with like uh, Nehru jackets, I think, and one with we had like striped sweaters. <laughs> but yeah, we and, and we those days we have really fond memories of those days. They were very special. So did you did you look like, you know, the typical co-eds of the early 60s, American, clean cut, you know, you know, all button. So when the Beatles, did you want to go long hair? No, we never thought <laughs> to do it um, specifically ourselves, at least not at that time, to have long hair. But what we did, and this is this is like I'm going to start you off with one of the meaningful moments that mm-hmm. got us toward the Beatles. And that was in the spring of 1964. The Rondells um, mm-hmm. were the rock band at Interfraternity Weekend, where they had a big orchestra plus a rock band. And we were the rock band. And the Beatles were really big at that time, and we really learned all their stuff and did them really well. So we actually went out and bought long-haired Beatle wigs, and we played our Beatles stuff. And the place went wild when we played the Beatles stuff. And Warren Covington, who was the leader of the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, who was the big band at the time, was really impressed. And he asked us, gee, would you consider being part of my orchestra and step out and do rock stuff? It looked like a really good thing to him. Mm-hmm. And we tr- um, And we said, well, we would try it. So 
during spring break, we joined his band in Atlantic City at the Steel Pier, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it and we played you know we played as part of his band. That didn't work out. It was not our kind of music, um, and we stepped out, did some rock stuff. But we all agreed, no, this doesn't work. But meanwhile, there we were in Atlantic City, and we thought, hey, let's see if we can get a summer job. So mm-hmm. we got a summer job at the Alibi Bar in uh, on South Carolina Avenue and the boardwalk, just off the boardwalk, and we played the whole summer. Back to Lafayette, senior year, end of uh, that year, and back, back uh, to the Alibi. And we played there the whole summer one more time. And right at the end of that summer, a gentleman named Nat Weiss walked in to the alibi, and he introduced himself. He says, my name is Nat Weiss, and I uh, am a good friend of Beatle manager Brian Epstein, and we are forming a management company here in the States. And I think you guys are very good. Give me a call. So we now, thought, baloney. Oh, did all your jaws drop at that moment when he said, I'm a good friend? Or were you like, yeah, right? It was more like, yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, like, you've got to be kidding me. Seven, so you're, you know, probably, you know, what is it, seven seven, uh, uh, clicks from the Beatles. In other words, everybody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Yeah, it was like, you know, come on, you got to be kidding me. Anyway, we were always very, we were very polite to him, you know, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. So now end of summer and basically we're we're kind of going all our separate ways. So, uh Tommy uh and Marty, um they were that's a bass player, drummer. They were still back at Lafayette. Tommy had 6 months to go, Marty had a year to go. Earl, keyboard player, he's off in Chicago at med school. I mm-hmm. am uh working for my dad in the sheet metal company, in his sheet metal company, and uh, living in East Chester, New York. It's right outside the city. And I thought, and and, uh, the three of us, Tommy, Marty, and I, would still play occasionally at Lafayette uh, back fraternity parties as a trio. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, why don't I give this guy a call? I had his card. Maybe, you know, you never know. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I give I give Nat a call. Hey, it's Don Daneman. Remember? Oh yeah, Don. Sure, I remember you. And he says right away, um, "Why don't you come down to the city?" He lived in the city. Uh, come down to the city, and I'll introduce you to Brian. Really, I said to myself. So, and this is this is the year is. This would be fall of '65. Okay. Okay, fall of 1965. So I took a buddy of mine. He gave me an address, and it was a little party. It was one of these small buildings on the side streets uh, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Uh, We walk up. It's one flight up. Walk up. There's a party going on. He's not there, but there's a party, and we're shy. We're standing sort of in the corner. Finally, Nat walks in, and... Uh, I go up to him. Well, Nat, hi. Here we are. Oh yeah, Don. Good. Great, glad, glad you made it. Follow me. I follow him back down the stairs, and on the street there's a limo parked right in front, right out on the street. And now, in a very dramatic gesture, he, with his hand, he opens the door and he beckons me into the limousine, and he sits me down. 
on a seat, and I am now face-to-face with Brian Epstein. Now, this is like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is out of a movie. Yes, totally out of a movie. out of a movie. <laughs> and in my, in my mind, I actually picture it as a movie. I have a video in my head of how this whole thing went down. It, it sounds like a movie to me. I mean. Yes. So I am now sitting directly in front of Brian Epstein. Now, what I'm going to tell you next, I have to preface it by saying that I personally, I'm a pretty good guitar player. But I'm not the best mm-hmm. in the world. I'm not incredible. I'm a good guitar player. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Nat, now, he now introduces me to Brian. And his basic words were, Brian Epstein, I would like you to meet Don Daneman, one of the finest musicians I know. So gulp again. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> oh, anyway, now you so, got to live up to that. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got right. So um, luckily it was not an audition. <laughs> Okay, so I now get to shake hands with Brian. Mm-hmm. And Brian, I must I will say from that moment to the the entire relationship we ever had with him, Brian was a mild-mannered, lovely gentleman. And essentially, he basically, uh, you know, I said to him, well, Brian, it's so great to meet you. We're big Beatles fans, and, you know, it was nice to meet mm-hmm. Matt, and, you know, we hope maybe we can get something going here. And um, Brian said, essentially, I'm going to try and imitate a phony English accent here because I just get a kick doing it. He says, oh, Don, <laughs> yes, you know, um, Nat has spoken very highly of you. And, uh, yes, perhaps we can get something going. You know, it's very lovely to meet you. You know, he said you're, it's an excellent band, and we will see what we can get going here. So now, a couple of little words back and forth. Now, Nat, as graciously as he beckoned me into the limo, he, with the <laughs> same hand gesture, he beckons me out. <laughs> and so, okay, I get out. They close the door. And now, once again, this video in my head, I'm picturing – the camera is behind me, and so you sort of, and it's nighttime, you know, so there's some street lights. You see me kind of in a silhouette looking away from the camera. Limousine is pulling away, away from the camera, and the limousine slowly pulls off down the street and then fade out. <laughs> and yes, that's my... and, left you st- and you're left standing there going, what just happened? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So this and and you know and I remember this like a video and it's one it was one of the most mind blowing experiences that I've ever had, including when we were actually on the tour, which was of course was mind blowing as well. But this was like a personal mind blowing experience to meet Brian like that. Anyway, so what happened next is I of course called the guys at Lafayette. Hey, guess what? So this got us really excited, and what we did is we um, got uh, we we set up a makeshift recording studio in my basement in Eastchester. So the the guys mm-hmm. were Tom and Marty came in from Lafayette. We wrote mm-hmm. a couple of songs and we recorded, and the recordings turned out pretty good. I mean, for a makeshift recording studio. So mm-hmm. I um, called so Nat. Let me okay. Yeah, let go me. On interrupt you for one second so had you guys recorded an album or anything professionally at this point we did record uh well we recorded just for ourselves we had we had done some recording so we had there, a little but, bit of of experience in a recording studio yeah i guess what, what i'm asking is there was nothing these nate nat is going on nothing 
from a re- professional recording. He didn't pick up an album. He no, 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 no. Right, there was nothing. There was yeah. There it was, was just recorded. he saw he saw you on a stage. That's it. And yeah. Uh, it's it, so wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Now we did actually have a very short-term recording contract during our senior year, um, and a record actually came out. We recorded. We did it in Philly, Philadelphia. Nothing happened with it. It, it, it all died. But no, he mm-hmm. never heard that anyway. So anyway, so um, so we recorded these so- a couple of songs in my basement in Eastchester, and I mm-hmm. called Nat to make an appointment to play him this because we thought mm-hmm. let's let's do something to get him more excited. You know, let's see mm-hmm. if we can get something happening. Okay. Are these original songs? Yeah. Or original. covers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Original. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is a song called money to burn, which did, we did actually record uh, for Columbia. And I, I forget where it is. I think it's on, on one of our albums. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I made an appointment with Nat uh, and I'll, I'm going to give you a date and see if you remember this. My appointment with Nat to play him our demos was November 9th, 1965. And I'll give you two seconds to see if you know what that date was. Oh, I can't. Okay. I, November 9th, I'm, not, I'm not a date person. That's fine. November 9th, mm-hmm. 1965 was the day of the big East Coast blackout, where almost the entire East Coast had a blackout because of some weird thing with the electrical grid, and everybody thought that the, Russia is, is involved, <laughs> we're going to be attacked. It was like a really scary thing. Anyway, so I did, obviously I didn't get there, then, but I got there, I got there a few days later. I was able to play Nat the demos, mm-hmm. and um, when I played him the demos, I brought down my big old fat Roberts tape recorder. This is before all little devices. You had to lug stuff back in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave him a pair of stereo headphones, which were comparatively new at the time. I said, here, Nat, listen to the, with the, these stereo headphones. And mm-hmm. play, and he is now hearing stereo headphones for the first time. Plus, these demos were pretty good. We're out of time this week, but come back next week for part two of Don Daneman of the Circles story of how he and his band toured with the Beatles in August of 1966.